Hi, welcome to another teaching message from Sycamore Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. All right, so I want to do a quick check around the room this morning. All right, simple question I'm going to start with. Ladies, I'll start with you just before I get preaching. If you have ever thought, all right, or if you're married now, before marriage, you ever thought that a church boy might not know how to love you properly. Ladies, let me just see your hands up. Let's just check it out. Come on, be honest. The liars come for first service, not you guys. Come on. All right. Okay. Now, now let's check out with the guys. Guys, hands up if you ever thought, or before marriage, you ever thought that a church girl might not make a very exciting relationship or marriage. Let me just see. Let me see the guys. Come on. Come on. Come on. Okay, apparently the last come for this service, apparently. Okay, okay. Now, now I know, right? Because to be honest, um, maybe as a church guy, thinking about dating a church girl and all of that, maybe the question is what picture you have, like your marriage would be, that you just get home one day and, you know, she'll just have this scarf on her head that she has tied and, you know, she'll be wearing one oversized adieu papa t-shirt, um, gone too soon, and then, you know, she'll be singing good morning Jesus and, and stuff like that. So maybe it doesn't sound exciting. Or for a lady, you're just thinking that I, there'll be times I, I just want to be in his arms and just feel safe, but he'll just be rushing for one evangelism or, or mission trip and all of that. And so where we kind of land is that we then tell ourselves, okay, you know what I want? I want this kind of like a borderline Christian, you know, like, Christian body kind of person, right? That, that, that pays tight, so the guy pays tight. You know, yeah, some of the money he makes is not too straightforward, but at least, you know, pays tight. Um, he attends church three to four times a year, maybe even once a month. He doesn't miss special programs. He'll he always tell you stuff like, anytime you're doing creative show in your church, tell me, you know. Uh, he'll come, right? Um, um, he has a few vices, but kind of moderate, nothing too excessive, right? Um, he doesn't, at least he doesn't stop me from worshiping my own God. And, uh, and, and here's the point, here's the point. He knows how to love me. Like, I, I just want to be taken care of, you know? He has hot ideas for dates. He's always thinking about, you know, our vacations. Not just every time, it's single sugar night that the dates will go for and stuff like that. Like, he basically knows how to get me. He has lines, like bars, you know, what I'm talking about. Or for the guys, you are thinking that you don't, you want, you want this Christian body girl that, you you know, can dress up hot and not embarrass you when you go out together. You, you know what I'm saying? Or some girl that when I wake up at home, I would wake up to like some romantic surprise. Like, wow, you know, not every morning I just wake up. Igwe, 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 you know, <laughs> stuff like that, okay? Uh, or that I want to watch Nations Cup final tonight, for example. And she will allow me to watch it in peace. Not that she will start telling me that you have life group meeting, bro, you know, and, and, and things like that, okay? Because apparently, here's the thing, here's the thing. Apparently, there's this like love picture or this love thing that seems to be like out there. There's a beautiful way we want to feel. There's a life we want to experience. There is maybe even tracking our journey as Christians makes us feel like, you know, my Christianity really makes me good in prayer and in faith confessions and all of that, but doesn't necessarily make me a good lover, all right? So what I want to do today is to try and take us back to the Bible as our standard for the full exciting life that we want, that we dream of, the life that God intends for us. And see, friends, what we're going to see is that God knows us, God loves us us. God is not a killjoy. He wants the best for us, even more than we want it for ourselves. And so in some areas, we're going to find together that maybe we've gotten it wrong as Christians in how we have approached love and all of that. Maybe we have misrepresented Christ and we will try to correct ourselves. But also in some areas, maybe we're going to find that we need to adjust our mindsets and correct our mindsets, okay? But for a topic this morning, I want to speak to you on what I'm going to call how to love a Jesus girl. How to love 
a Jesus girl. Because at the bottom of this, we're going to see together that within the faith, within the scope of our faith in Jesus, is more than enough wisdom for us to, to, to write beautiful, exciting, strong, and enduring love stories. That's what we're going to find together. I'll say that again. Within the scope of our faith in Jesus is more than enough wisdom for us to write beautiful, strong, exciting, and enduring love stories. Friends, nothing positions you for a strong, beautiful, exciting, and enduring love story like your faith in Jesus. Why? It's in there. It's in your faith. Why will a Yoruba man go to meet a white American to learn how to make pounded yam? It's not there. It's here. All right? Why would a, an OAU graduate go and meet a Bowen graduate to learn maturity? It's not there. It's here. You get what I'm trying to say? All right? Nothing positions us for beautiful, bold, strong, enduring, exciting love stories like our faith in Jesus. Within our faith in Jesus is more than enough wisdom for us to write strong, beautiful, exciting, and enduring love stories. But first, let's be on the same page, so let us define a few things so that we'll be on the same page. Who is this Jesus girl that we're trying to love, all right? First thing, a Jesus girl puts Jesus first in her life. A Jesus girl puts Jesus first in her life. She is a follower of Jesus. She's a disciple of Jesus. What does that even mean? What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? Jesus is not just some random person she kind of knows and all of that. He is the Lord of her life. He's the highest authority in her life. This is not about going to church or whether your parents are prayer warriors or, or pastors or anything like that. She wants to please Jesus. And same with a Jesus guy. God's word is an authority for their life in its entirety. The whole word of God, not selectively. Not that I kind of like Bible verses that encourage my mood, but I kind of feel the Bible is too strict on like sexuality. No, no, no. The entirety of God's word is an authority. Not just that I like Bible reading plan for more finance and leadership. Leadership, all right? But, but you know, there's some areas where maybe the Bible is kind of outdated. No, God's word is an authority in their life. The Bible can correct us. It can teach us how to do our lives, all right? A Jesus girl or a Jesus guy is sold out to the authority of Jesus over their lives. Let me say this to you. The pleasure of Jesus is more important than their own personal pleasure, right? Jesus is not a tool to her pleasure. She lives for the pleasure of Jesus. That's a Jesus girl. And friends, I want to say, don't let the culture of the day deceive you. I'm about to show you that within our faith in Jesus, is more than enough wisdom for us to write strong, beautiful, exciting, and enduring love stories. But we have to really be in it. We have to really be holding what we have. Part of why we don't experience the, you know, the, the joy and the bliss that we should in relationships is that we're kind of like standing on a fence in our approach to love. So it's like Jesus, where Jesus people kind of, we're now trying to use Satan techniques to have and Satan ideologies and expecting to find righteous bliss. We just end up confused, all right? And so let me show you a quote by C.S. Lewis that I think gives a very good feel of a Jesus girl. A woman's heart should be so close to God that a man should have to chase him to find her. Who says amen to that? Okay, but maybe you would ask this morning, must I, must a Jesus guy be with a Jesus girl? May I have other ideas? What if I have other fantasies or other desires and interests and all of that? Like church people um, wearing oversized, good, gone too soon t-shirts and all of that, okay? Must a Jesus guy be with a Jesus girl? Why, why should a Jesus guy even want to be with a Jesus girl and vice versa? Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 14, Paul makes a strong and a clear call. Look at that. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawless? Look at the build-up. And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? 
And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? There's no agreement. There's no union. There's no joining. For you at the temple of the living God. So, friends, it is clear from Scripture, you cannot join yourself with someone who doesn't believe what you do. So, Christians, hear me well. It is not God's will for you to marry an unbeliever. Don't do it. All right? And maybe you say, uh-uh, nobody's even talking about marriage. We're just dating to kind of and all of that. To which I'll ask, what is the point of marriage, what is the point of dating if marriage is not in view? You know, why are you playing games? Why are you checking things out? Why are you complicating your emotions, spending your emotions, creating webs and all of that just to see how things go? I'll honestly say don't do that. Don't ever do that. Okay, so get me well. I'm not saying that every relationship must end in marriage, but I am saying that you should never start a dating relationship or be building emotional webs with someone that is not realistically in view of marriage. You should not do that, all right? No matter on what ground, you shouldn't start a relationship that is a dating relationship that is not in view of married to which you probably then say you probably say that's my issue with christianity you know so restrictive so judgmental so i can't date an unbeliever you know he's still on his journey he's on his journey and only god even knows people's hearts who says that all the people that are even in church who says that they will make heaven eventually it's god that knows people's hearts and all of that right and um, what i would say to you is calm down don't miss the point of what the scripture says the scripture says do not be unequally yoked so let's understand that together what is it to even be equally yoked right now back in the days when animals were to work together all right you'll pick two animals of the same size they would look out to say we need an equal we need animals of the same size same stature same build and all of that and then can you see the joining they would yoke them together that's join them together so that they can now start to be productive together so they can plow a field they can run a chariot you need to be equal because it's when you're equal that they can be fruitful that they can be productive and all of that okay now on the flip side on the flip side if they are unequally yoked look at that they cannot work together one is going to be pulling the other it really can't stand really can't pull and all of that so when the bible is saying don't be unequally yoked you know what god is saying is that he's not discriminating against people he's saying that there's a functionality to your life as a believer there's a purpose there for your life there's what you are to be about and i love you so much that i will not allow you to be mismatched that's all god is saying that there's a purpose just look at the picture of your life that you're just struggling you really can't and is that the kind of future you really want for yourself god says i love you more than that all right so there is a functioning and a you know a productivity and a life that god has for you that you can't accomplish with someone who doesn't share the same values with you look at that verse in nog it says stop forming inappropriate relationships with the unbelievers can right and wrong be partners you can't do that your values your standards are different your driving force, your motivation, they're different. Your goalposts are different. Somebody's saying I've scored a goal. Somebody's calling it an own goal. They're, they're, your values are different. Look at it in Easy Bible. Do not become united with people who do not believe in Christ. God has made you right with himself. Look at that. Right and wrong cannot work together. Light and dark cannot join together. Your strategies are different. I can't take the operating system of an iPhone and put it on a Nokia torchlight. It cannot work together. All right, so Christians, it can never be God's will for you to marry an unbeliever. Now, we can now start asking, okay, different kinds of believers, let's leave that for another day. But it cannot be God's will for you to marry an unbeliever. Who says amen to that? But let me say, because sometimes there's an honest sense of, well, but I honestly actually like this unbeliever, or I'm actually genuinely attracted, you know, to something or some, you know, about a non-Jesus boy and girl and all of that, which can be very true, right? But I think that a Jesus girl will not make an idol of that thing that I'm attracted to, that I like, 
over and above the substance of what my life and my future in Jesus is about. Jesus is at the core of a Jesus girl's life and she wants him to be at the core of her future. Not how nicely an unbeliever boy talks to her. All right. So, for example, I know maybe he even has a very nice ride, you know, and he even opens the door for you and all of that. And trust me, you know what? Just calm down. We're still going to talk to Jesus, boys, okay? But listen, listen. Eh? It is better to trek with someone to purpose and heaven than to enjoy a sweet car ride to hell. Do you get what I'm just trying to say? All right. That's what I'll say right there. Let me give you another quote from um, C.S. Lewis. Being in love is a good thing, but it is not the best thing. I would say not the only thing. There are many things below it, but there are also things above it. You cannot make it the basis of a whole life. All right. So, but let's do this this morning. Let's talk to Jesus boys this morning. And of course, Jesus girls, I'm just going to be flipping it around. Because a Jesus guy is going to raise and hold himself to a standard of love that is in Jesus. Okay. Now, here's the deal. If I go by my own standard of love, I'm really going to make a mess of my love life. Let, Let me tell you what I'm saying. If I go by my natural human standard of love, we are selfish people. We're messed up, every one of us. That's who we are. We are not, we don't love anything. Let me, tell, let me tell you, do you know that when you even say you want to date somebody, it is an expression of selfishness, not love. Do you know what you're saying? You're saying that I really like this person, so I want an exclusivity of that person to myself. It's selfishness, all right? So what even put you in that relationship? It's selfishness, not love. Do you get what I'm trying to say? But what a Jesus guy is going to do is not just to hold on to how he feels. He's going to raise himself to a Jesus standard of love. So here's what I would say. A Jesus guy loves by a Jesus standard. He loves by Jesus' standard. Now, what do I mean? Jesus himself sets a standard and an example of love for every one of us, Jesus guys, Jesus girls, to be walking in, okay? In doing the greatest work of love for us, look at the wordings of scripture about Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5. It says we should have the same attitude in ourselves, which was in Christ Jesus, all right? So we look to him as our example in selfless humility, And it talks about all that he had to lay hold of and he didn't do that. But look at verse 7. He emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity, but only temporarily because of the outward expression and all of that. By assuming the form of a bond servant and being made in the likeness of men, he became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God and fully man. And so a great Jesus relationship is going to be, or a great Jesus marriage or relationship is going to be two people sold out to emptying themselves. Look at that word, emptying themselves. And serving each other in selfless humility. You see, when Jesus walked on earth, and if Jesus is really our model of love and our standard and an example of love, when Jesus walked on earth, people, and he loved people, there was such a warm and beautiful atmosphere about him. People felt safe around Jesus. He would speak truth, but he would speak truth in love. He would lift people up, not tear people down. And so my big question for you this morning is about, for Jesus' people this morning, my big question, as we do relationships, as we do life, as we build our marriages and all of that, is Jesus loving through you? Is Jesus loving through you? Is your life a vessel for Jesus to love out of you, to love through you? Is Jesus loving through you? Because nobody loves better than a Jesus guy who is building their love story under the influence of who Jesus is. Nobody loves better than a Jesus girl that is building her love story under the influence of who Jesus is. Nobody loves better. We can constantly strive to be a vessel through which Jesus is loving your partner through you. All right? I want to constantly strive to 
be a means for Jesus to love others. So he's loving others through me. Nobody loves better than when Jesus is expressing himself um, through them. You'll never be more caring. You'll never be more kind. You'll never be more considerate. You'll never be more sensitive. You'll never be more selfless than when you're allowing the Jesus influence to rub off on you. Now, the lie that we have believed, and this is where we miss it, is because we've kind of believed a lie that our love stories are all about our emotions and our feelings, but our spirituality is about our prayer life and evangelism and things like that. But I said to you that at the base of this, and I really want to challenge you, because at the base of this is I want every one of us to see and know that within the scope of our faith in Jesus, we have more than enough to write beautiful, all right, strong, enduring, and exciting love stories. Okay, so true spirituality is not just about praying and evangelism. True spirituality is about becoming like Jesus and allowing him to express himself through you. That's true spirituality. And so let me challenge you this morning, friends, to use your faith to love better. We can have it hotter and better than this when we use our faith to love. Let the influence of your faith make you more selfless, make you more generous, make you more giving, more considerate. Stop misrepresenting Jesus. Don't misrepresent Jesus. Love like Jesus. And so let me show you what the Jesus loved. If I say I want Jesus to love through me, let me try and show you. Let's, let's look at scripture together and try and see what will love look like from the lens of Jesus. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'll take it from verse 4. And we'll just walk through and just see Jesus' standard of love and start to say, man, this is what it would look like if I am loving like Jesus. All right. So he starts out by saying that love is large. Love is large. And I want you to sink in each of these words because this is what your life will look like. Whether you're single, you're married, or you are doing a relationship, this is what your life will look like if you are loving like Jesus. If you're walking a love story like Jesus, this is what your life will look like. It says love is large. Love is large. Love is not small. Love is not petty. Since we started dating, I called you 17 times. You've only called me 14 times. Love is not petty. All right? And then, uh, I didn't even, you know what? I'm taking a break. Uh, uh, break. Let's just have a conversation. I'm taking a break. You think relationship is nepa, that you just go on, off, all of that. You know, love is not small. It's not petty. It's large-hearted. At some point, even when we offend each other, we need to be larger than the offenses. Are you hearing me this morning? Larger at some level. Last week, I hurt my wife, and I felt bad about it. But what I love about her, amazing woman, Jesus gave. that you just see a sense of being larger than an offense. We'll talk about issues, but we're larger than that. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Love is large. Look at that. Love is incredibly patient. Love is incredibly patient. You asked somebody out yesterday. Today, you're already calling. Do you have an answer? Oh, God, I have an answer. Guys, let me say clearly, it is wrong. Don't pressure people into giving you an answer. It's wrong. Love is patient. Love is patient with people's processes. Right? What you asked her is to be your, your, that you want to be her boyfriend, not her mentor. That's what you asked now. Patient with her process, she'll walk her journey and he would also walk his journey. Love is gentle. Love is not. Now, this is what loving like Jesus, like if Jesus is loving this person through me, this is what it will look like. It will look like gentleness. Love is not rash and aggressive. Simply put, a Jesus guy knows how to treat a lady. Who says amen to that? Amen. Knows how to talk to a lady and vice versa also. I know the economy is hard, but stop taking it out on your spouse. They are not, even if they are members of APC or PD or whatever, don't take it out on them, all right? Love is gentle. Whoever you're angry with, whether it's a disagreement, whether it's excitement, love will speak truth. It, it will be clear. It can be firm. It can state its case. But love is gentle. Love doesn't snap at people. Love is gentle. Look at that. Love is consistently kind to all. Friends, if Jesus is loving through us, we will be consistent. Do you hear the words? Consistently kind to all. Kindness is being considerate. 
Love is considerate. Let me ask you this morning. Do you ever stop to ask yourself, what is it like to be on the other side of myself? What is it like to be the other person? Love is considerate. Kindness is to take the effort to dress in such a way now, within your means, by all means, within your means, that your spouse doesn't have to be embarrassed to introduce you. Be kind to him or her. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's kindness. It's consideration that somebody is introducing. Do you understand? They, they have to now start whispering. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Okay. Kindness is considerate. Kindness will let you know that you cannot just sit in someone else's personal space. You know, you're not doing anything. You're not saying anything. You're just there. You're calling every day. You're just occupying. It's not kind. Be considerate to that person. It's inconsiderate. Let the person know, are you the one? Should we seek another? You understand? Then you don't say, ah, no, me, I've told her, there's nothing, no, there's nothing, no. I, I'm not even ready for a relationship. Then why are you playing with her emotions? Why? It's wrong. And until you two, don't let them play with your emotions. Sometimes kindness is letting people know that they cannot be indecisive forever. Jesus is coming soon. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes kindness is simply letting people know you can't be indecisive forever. It's kindness. Jesus' kind of love is considerate, even if in its expectations. You know, you know the work he was doing before you started dating him. You know, you know the way the economy is. I, Valentine is coming. You are expecting what your boy can offer. You, you be kind. Be considerate. Okay, you start, start murmuring, complaining. Kindness. And let me say this to you. Even if you are going to serve breakfast, serve it warm. Do you understand? Be kind. Love is kind. The Bible says love refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. If Jesus is loving through us, this is what our lives will look like. He refuses to be jealous when, when blessing comes to someone else. All right? We can't be insecure in our relationships. A Jesus-standard relationship will not be filled with comparison and competition. It's amazing that, oh, because your baby's any more than you, then you feel insecure. Oh, I must earn more, blah, blah, blah. Let blessing come to others. You get what I'm saying to say? God is gracious to all. Another relationship, they went to Dubai for, for their honeymoon. Okay, be happy. Let us celebrate. Even if you are going to Ibora. Do you get what I'm trying to say? All right. Refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Now, listen to this. Love does not brag about one's achievement, nor inflate its own importance. Ah, look at somebody next to you and say, I think this might talk to you. You know when you start hearing some guys speaking, and I need to say this because we are first Christians before you are Africans or whatever you are, and somebody's talking about his, his wife or his girlfriend, I sent her to school, uh, I, I made ah. Listen, even if your father used to talk to your mother that way, let the generational cost stop there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't talk about people like that. Sometimes we even wonder whether you are a boyfriend or you are the traditional ruler of a village, you know. <laughs> the, the Bible says love does not traffic in shame and disrespect. Friends, respect people. Not even just your spouse. Love, living a life of love will make you a respectful person. How did Rebecca get engaged to the best bachelor you could in that generation? One man on the earth that had covenant with God. He's not an ordinary man, no. One man. That had covenant with God. That they'll say there's famine. He will just touch the ground. Water will come out. And then you now got to have that guy as your husband. How did she get him? She was respectful to a stranger. That's all. Be respectful. Love. Whether you are woke or you are not woke, don't be a rude person. Gen Z, don't be rude. Someone that is old enough to give back to you, you just chew gum and pass like, hey, hey, hey. Don't be rude. Love is respectful. You are dragging on the queue in the banquet with someone your father's age. Love is respectful. All right? 
Treat people with respect. Speak with respect. Are you hearing me this morning? That's what it means to love like Jesus. Jesus doesn't tear people down. Lifts people up. Treat people with respect. Even if you are not accepting his proposal, turn it down in a respectful way. You know, you say, ah, you asked me out. No, come. What were you thinking? Like, no, come on. Okay. Love does not selfishly, look at that, selfishly seek its own honor. Seeking its own, its own, its own. Love doesn't do that. Every day, what did you buy for me? What did you buy? You know that me, my love language is gifts. Quality gift, gift, gift. Thoughtful gift. That's my love language. What did you buy for me? Love does not seek its own. Let me even help you. Oh, okay, that's your love language. Wow, wow. My assumption is that if something is your language, you hear it and you speak it. So my advice to you is that if that is your language, then you should be speaking it very fluently. And please, don't go and buy him singlets. It's not singlets, okay? Quality, you said quality, right? Okay, okay. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Look at that, friends. If we are loving like Jesus and his standard, you're not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Your day tonight should not go from 1,000 to zero for nothing. Like we were having fun, then pooh. What, what did I say? I was just asking that, uh, did you watch Nations Go? Uh, you didn't watch I, uh, Ladies don't watch more. You are a sexist. <laughs> let, let me tell you something, everybody. Let me tell you this for free, for free. Let me tell you. Your spouse does not want to walk on eggshells around you. They said I should tell you. That, that's what I'm telling you. They don't want to walk on eggshells around you. Every joke that you crack, it's a shaded reference to my father. It's my <laughs> spiritual. Love joyfully. You know, people want to have fun around you, okay? Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Do you love that? Don't pretend in your relationship so, you know, last, last, you'll be fatting in front of yourselves, okay? So, the point is be authentic, celebrate honesty, and see, find no delight in wrong. Let me say this to you. Don't sin together. Someone who will sin with you will one day sin against you. The principle is they value their feelings over what is right. So whether today you are the recipient of that benefit, one day you'll be the victim of that benefit, all right? So love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. A Jesus girl, a Jesus girl will never weaponize your past or your failures against you. They don't do that. You know, huh? You know, that's your ex. They don't do that, all right? He's a safe place. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. It doesn't take failure. It doesn't sit down in this defeated mindset. Ah, we're just giving excuses up and down. Ah, it's because of the economy. We can't, uh, we can't more than this. We're just, work hard, guys. Work hard, ladies. Work hard and believe for God to bless you, all right? You know, it doesn't give excuses for every point of failure. Ah, it's just the way my mother was. Ah, oh, you say me, I'm nagging. <laughs> my sister can nag. My... No, don't give excuses. Don't give what I'm trying to say. It doesn't take failure as defeat. It never gives up. My bad mouth is from my grandmother. You correct it. Okay? Love never stops loving it and deals beyond the gift of prophecy and all of that. Maybe you hear all of that and you say, wow, I'm hearing a lot of things that don't align with my relationship right now. Is it a red flag for me to leave the relationship? Well, I don't know. What I know is that if it matters to you, it matters to you. And so it's you that knows what you can handle and spend the rest of your life with and all of that. But I think the bigger question, let me say this, none of us is Jesus. And as we look at the standard of Jesus, none of us is Jesus. But the bigger question is whether we are Christians that are genuinely on a journey towards who Jesus is to us. I think that's the bigger question. Are we striving to say who Jesus is to us is our standard and we're learning and we're growing in that direction or are we not? Again, let me say to you that a Jesus relationship will leverage on the wisdom of Jesus. Because there's a proper way to do a God thing. 
It's my relationship, my marriage. It's a God thing. There's a proper way to do it. So I would leverage on the wisdom of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 24 says that to those who are called, Christ is the power of God. Not just the power. He's also the wisdom of God. He's the wisdom regarding how you do your relationship, regarding your timing. When should I marry? You know, when should I marry? Last year, I spoke to, to you guys in this church. I told you. Some of you, every morning, you're just going, lifting weight, lifting, raising, raising bar, raising bar. The energy you should be using to raise children, you're just using to be raising weight. I spoke to you, and I told you, go and marry. And some of you listened to me and went to marry, and God bless your homes and all of that. But some of you did not listen to me. So I'm back this morning. Continue adding muscle, you hear? You want to use pension to pay school fees, Abby? Listen, listen to Luke 12, verse 54. Jesus said, Jesus said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say, a shower is coming. You can see the time. And when you see the south wind blow, you say there will be a hot weather, and there it is. Jesus said, hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and the earth. How is it that you cannot discern this time? And I'm asking this morning, some of you guys, do you need a prophet to tell you that it is urgent for you to go and marry? God has blessed you with a great relationship that you believe in. You know, your body is burning you like, like Nebuchadnezzar's fire. You have a sense of direction about, you know, what you're about and all of that. Well, my encouragement this morning is really think about it, okay? I'm not saying you should rush, but I'm saying don't delay yourself unnecessarily. Because um, as you sit down with your unbeliever friends and you're saying, oh, I'm all, I'm all, I never read it, I never read Let me tell you what your unbeliever friends are doing. Oh, they are sleeping together. Eh? That's why they are not in the hurry. You, okay? So don't behave like an unfortunate person, okay? So you now say, eh, no, no, no. The issue is that me and my babe, we're just trying to really know ourselves. Well, let me tell you, in the, on this side of eternity, we will not finish knowing ourselves, okay? So... All you need is to take the basic boxes, all right? What you basically need about knowledge is enough knowledge to know that you want to do a life journey together. Not uh, all the knowledge about everything, all right? Or you say, ah, we, no, we don't have money. Ah, they don't pay to marry, all right? <laughs> Two adults, go to registry, all right? They will, you feel firm, they will join you. Max, you might bribe the woman to make it faster, but you, you don't pay to marry, all right? So separate marriage from a wedding ceremony. If you can afford a ceremony, congratulations. If you can't, please don't idolize a ceremony you can't afford. Don't stop a marriage because of a ceremony. When you're celebrating your 10th year in marriage, you can feed the whole nation or whatever. Feed your village, bring masquerade, do everything. Okay, for 10th year. But now, don't, don't join a ceremony with a marriage. They're two different things. All right? Ah, we're not ready to raise children. There's still a difference between raising children and marrying. Marry, marry. Okay? What you don't have today, you will have tomorrow, okay? Where you, have not, where you cannot go for honeymoon today, you will go for vacation tomorrow. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Mary and Joseph started from a manger, and they raised the savior of the world. Start from where you are. So, for now, if you don't have 500K for makeup, God will make your own. If you don't have 1 million for photographer, there are many people in church that have iPhone. They will snap, it will be clear. Church photographer can even help you. Alright? If you don't have a three-bedroom apartment, where are you staying now? Okay? She can come and join you there. Alright? Uh, ah, no. Me, I don't have car. I cannot, me and my wife cannot be biking. Uh, now, as you are single, is it not bike that you are both biking? What happened to you? And even by the time you marry, you both sit on the same bike and pay half of the fare or something like that. So you won't say much. Let me show you a scripture. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11. It says that he has made everything. Look at this. Somebody, somebody say everything. 
beautiful in its time. Now, I used to read that and think his time. No, it's not God's time. It's the time of a thing. There's a time of a thing. Are you hearing me this morning? And things take on a beauty when they're in their time. When a fruit is on the tree and it is ripe, it is ripe. When you leave it too long, it goes rotten. Are you hearing me? It, it is beautiful in its time. There's struggle, pressure, fight you'll start having because it's over time. Are you hearing me this morning? It's time. You now realize when the Bible says two are better than one, you say, ah, it's the hustle, it's the hustle. Okay, for other hustle, when you now have a helper, when you have a helper, the marriage you are praying for, is it not a helper you are praying for? You now say, I ah, know it's because I have dreams in my life. Is it dream destroyer you want to marry? That's what I'm trying to say. The man a helper. Two are better than one. For they have greater reward for their labor. I can boldly say I cannot be the man I am today. I cannot be if not that God gave me a helper. It's help, oh. Uh, many of you guys, it's help you need, oh. It's help, oh. <laughs> so it's also, also, also. The wisdom of God. We will leverage on the wisdom of God. Also in handling emotions. In handling our emotions. Ah, I don't know what's happening. Anytime we're together, we feel like being intimidated. Of course, if you don't, I have a problem with you, okay? So, but the bigger question is, how do you leverage the wisdom of God? Let me give you a good idea. Um, put three circles on the screen for me. There's things that are at the core of our lives in the, in the center, all right? Now, a circle around that is values, all right, that protect the core. Just think about protection, that I'm protecting what is at the core. Now, around that are values, are then, because I want to protect values, around that are then traditions. So, what, are, what, what, what do I mean by core? Core are the things that we don't ever want to lose. In fact, at the core, this can be heaven or hell questions, all right? Um, who is Jesus to me? It's at the core of my life, okay? A right standing with God, it's at the core of my life. Think like that, right? But the big question then is, what are the values that protect that? What are the values that protect that? So, um, values like, I honor God. I honor God, okay? I value purity. I value openness and vulnerability. It's protecting my core. Now, but again, for values, the question is, what are the traditions that represent those values? What traditions protect and represent those values? So traditions like we build a relationship with saying we have accountability um, to trusted people in our lives or we don't stay alone behind closed doors and it is a tradition that we hold. I'm not saying every time you stay alone behind closed doors something wrong happens. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that for you to touch a value, you must first break a tradition, all right? And if you're going to break my core, you must first break my values. Are you hearing me this morning? So you hold traditions in a very dogged way as a, as a Christian, as a wise Christian. You hold traditions not because they are heaven or hell questions, not because they are standards of right or wrong, no, but because you understand that if the devil wants to get to what is at the core of my life, he must first break my values, and he can't break my values except he has broken my traditions. I go to church every Sunday because I honor God. I'm not saying if I don't go to church, I'm, I'm going to hell. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that if I don't break that tradition, then somehow my value for honoring God, I give God a first 10% of all my income. Are you hearing me? I honor God. Why do I tithe? Because I honor... Money is a big deal in my life. Do you get what I'm trying to say? For the rest of your life, money will be something you are getting, you are spending. you get? So every time you get money, and you're able to say, I have a tradition that reminds me of God. Every, every increase in my life, I have a tradition that reminds me of God. Do you know what it's doing? It's protecting a value of my honor for God. And what is that value protecting? Who God is to me. 
Are you hearing me this morning? Now, when I start making the tradition things like heaven or hell, are you saying that if I don't tithe, I'm going to hell? No, 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 that's not the point. It is not a heaven or hell question at all, all right? But what I'm saying is a tradition that you fight to hold because you know your traditions protect your values and your values protect your core. Are you hearing me this morning? And so what a Christian relationship will do is that you will build it with the wisdom. You would leverage on the wisdom of God. Ask yourself, what are the traditions that protect your values, that protect, and hold your traditions firm? It's wisdom to do that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 to 5, Paul writing says, It is God's will that you keep away from sexual sin. And as a mark of your devotion to him, each of you should know that finding a husband or wife for yourself is to be done in a holy, somebody say holy, and honorable way. Say honorable. If your neighbor doesn't say it, they have problems with it. Say holy and honorable. Not in the passionate, lustful way of people who don't know God. Now, what am I saying? It should be holy and it should be honorable. Take note of those two words, friends. I'm not just saying holy. I'm saying holy and honorable. You should have traditions that represent an honorable way of doing relationship. What are you doing spending the night in the house of somebody you are not married to? I'm not saying did anything happen. I'm saying it is not honorable. Are you raising questions? Why are you misrepresenting Christ? It is not an honorable thing. You, you talk about Samson and you say, ah, Samson's life was ruined by who? Who ruined Samson? Delilah. Delilah. It is not recorded in your Bible once that Samson had sex with Delilah. It's not recorded. Check it. Samson had sex with prostitutes, all of that, but not Delilah. Samson was just playing with Delilah. He was just flirting. Just go to a house. Just hang. Just be where I don't need to be, but I'm a strong guy, you know. Samson was just flirting with Delilah. And what I'm saying is, I'm not just asking, is it holy? I'm saying, is it honorable? Is it honorable? Who says that God is into technically speaking? You know, technically speaking, it's not that... Is it honorable? So when you, when you hold traditions that represent holy and honorable, we don't kiss. I'm not saying it's heaven or hell question. Are you hearing me this morning? That you say that people that, I'm not even, I'm, sorry, I have mentors, I have people that, you know, it's not even, uh, you know, when you watch plenty of Americans now, is there, but you, you know yourself. You know where you're coming from. You know that the first time they even just peck you on your cheek like this. <laughs> you are, then you're comparing yourself with somebody that grew up in a culture. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You hold traditions Okay. <laughs> so I want to say, do it in a holy and honorable way. Rep- respect yourself. Sometimes I feel like saying to people, respect yourself a little more. Respect yourself a little more. Do things in a holy and honorable way. As I close this morning, um, as I land this morning, I just want to take a moment to speak strength and encouragement for people particularly building a Jesus relationship story. I want to speak strength and encouragement for you today. Um, today I want to speak strength and encouragement because I know that in building a Jesus relationship story, I know that there is a lot of intimidation from a world culture. There's a lot of intimidation that we deal with and sometimes you are basically even maybe just facing a lot of intimidation. Maybe right now you're even falling victim of comparing your behind the scenes to somebody's Instagram reel. And so it's giving you a lot of intimidation and um, you are making, you know, choices. What I want to say to you today, if you are making any choice to honor God, friends, God will reward you. God will reward you. Somebody wanted to say amen to that. And um, I just want to speak strength and encouragement to you. Maybe, maybe this morning you hear all of that we're saying and this standard of love and you say, how can I? How can I? It's so far away from who I am. In fact, everything in my background, everything in my experience is so far away from that. I just don't feel like I can love at that level. I don't feel like I can build a relationship at a Jesus level. I can't do that. It's so far away. 
And friend, that is the exact point I wanted to get you to because the truth is none of us can. As we speak about this standard of love and all, none of us can. It's beyond every one of us. Maybe this morning you even hear all that I'm saying and you would say, I've made horrible mistakes. I've even suffered heartbreak. Maybe you're really even hurting this morning as you came to church. And you say, man, all of that beautiful life that you're painting out there, it's just far away. I'm broken. I know it that I'm hit. That's the exact point I wanted us to feel. Because the truth is none of us can. But here's the point. We have a savior, Jesus, who died a very brutal death. And he was raised back to life so that he could be alive within us. And so the big point is not what can we do in ourselves and in our struggle. The big point is that there is the reality of Jesus living within us. And so we can make it the endeavor of our lives and our striving to say, let Jesus take shape in our lives. Galatians 4 and verse 19, Paul prays, my little ones, I labor in birth again for Christ to be formed in you. That's my prayer, that Christ will be formed in you more than your brokenness, your failures, your mistakes, that Christ will take a form in your life and you will love through him him and we can do it because of who Jesus is to us and so my encouragement is that wherever you are today from wherever you are right now you can start tracking towards Christ being formed in you keep responding to who he is he's not within you as you enjoy the atmosphere of his presence as you give yourself to his process just keep responding every one more day as the Holy Spirit starts nudging you you can't talk that way go back and apologize please respond please you're on a journey of Christ being formed in you as you sit down lazily and you just sense that nudging of the Holy Spirit you can't sit down lazy and, and insensitive and all of that you're going to respond you're going to live on the front foot please respond to it you know that random vow gift that that the holy spirit is nudging on your heart to 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 give your partner friend please respond to it let me let me, let me tell you the fun of a jesus guy dating a jesus girl let me tell you the fun because a jesus guy dating a jesus girl means that you have the same father and he knows your desires and so the cheat code is that he can tell you what she really wants are you hearing me he can tell you the spots to talk and so when the holy spirit is the one inspiring you and you just have the privilege of even saying i'm dating his daughter now it's his daughter now. Get his daughter now. And so he, he, he nudges something in my heart and I'm like, I can't even afford it. But guess what? He gives me the faith to believe for it. Are you hearing me? Are you here? Okay, don't worry about him. But friends, nobody wrote a more intriguing love story. Nobody did. Than Jesus laying down his life to get his bride. And to love her against all odds faithfully through all season. And so once again, here's my big question for everybody. Is Jesus loving through you it's jesus loving through you i want to plead let us represent christ well because it's not out there it's in here within the scope of our faith in jesus we have more than enough to build beautiful strong exciting and enduring love stories it's jesus loving through you every head bowed every eye closed I want to pray for you in this moment, everybody. And I know that people are in different spaces of life. As you walked in here, people are in relationships, marriages, different spaces and, you know, faces of whatever you're doing. I want to pray for you today because I want people to rediscover the beauty of love within who Jesus is to us. And I want to pray for relationships. I want to pray today for people that are heartbroken and maybe just trying to figure out what to do next. I want to pray for people who even need to
to make decisions this morning. Maybe you're trying to make decisions in the space of love and of your emotions. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for people who need encouragement and strength this morning and, and all of that. So, so let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for everybody under the sound of my voice in this building, online everywhere this morning. And Lord, we thank you because you know us. You are a good father. You love us more than we even love ourselves. You know what is best for us. You wired us. You formed us. You know what is ahead of us. You know us through and through. And so we can trust you. We can trust your goodness and your love for us. And so today, God, I pray for your people in a whole new way that we will discover the beauty of loving within the framework of who you are to us. I pray, Lord, today that we would rediscover the beauty of living lives of love, of living our lives with a standard of love that Jesus gives to us. I pray today, oh Lord God, that you would work these truths in our heart. And I know it's touching on different places in different people's lives, but I pray today that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would establish it in us. I pray today for people building relationships and building a Jesus story with another of your children. God, today, I just pray strength and encouragement. I pray against the voices of intimidation. I pray the beauty of Jesus to be upon you. Today, Lord, I pray for people that are heartbroken and maybe are hurting this morning. People who are really just going through it right now. People who are needing to make decisions. People who are needing to figure out what steps to take and all of that. God, this morning, I pray that out of our house this morning, there will be a sound of wisdom. There will be a sound of healing. There will be a sound of hope that is in Jesus. I pray there will be encouragement. There will be strength. I pray, Lord, God, that let every heart this morning resonate, resonate with a sound of wisdom and of healing and of hope. I just pray that the hope that is in Jesus will be more than the pain and the pressure of all that surrounds us. And I thank you for it this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. With every head still bowed and every eye still closed, if you don't mind, I want to make an invitation for somebody to say yes to Jesus. I don't know who you are or how you came to church today, or whether you're online this morning, or even maybe just listening to this message. Um, I, my, my big question, my big and simple question this morning is whether you can confidently say that you're in a right standing with an almighty God who made you, who one day will judge you. But you know the good news is before he judges you, he offers himself as your savior. He says, I want you to live the life I made you to live. I want you to be on a right page with me. I want you to smile into judgment. I want you to be forgiven of every sin, of every failure. I want to take away just that thing in you that inclines towards the devil. I want to take it away and I want to love you because he knows your worst but today he still believes your best. I don't know who you are or how you came to be in church this morning. Uh, maybe at some point in your life you had surrendered your life to Jesus but as we speak today you know you're far away. You've made poor choices. You've walked away from that and you want today to be the day of reconciliation. Maybe you're hurting today Maybe you've made mistakes. Really doesn't matter what category. My question is, are you in a right place with God? There's only one way you can be right. It's not by working harder. It's not by trying yourself. It's by surrender. Because 2,000 years ago, we have for us a Savior that went up that cross. He died a death he didn't deserve to die so that you will live a life that you don't deserve to live, all right? And so today can be that day for you if you would say yes to Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to count to three. If you say you are speaking to me, I want to be made right with Jesus. I want you right where you are in this building online anywhere to put your hand on your chest boldly confidently he sees you right now he knows you are you ready one 
two, three. Just swing your hand, put it on your chest. Jesus sees you. He knows you. God bless you. Everybody doing that in this room. God bless you. That is a miracle happening in your life right now. I also believe that there are people online everywhere. God bless you. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. Thank you for your sincerity um, this morning. You know what? This is a family, not a crowd. Everybody who wants to pray that prayer, whose hand is on their chest, we're going to join in. We're going to say these words together. But as we join in to say it with you, I want you to say it with boldness, knowing that God hears your words this morning. But can we all say it together? Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today because you've made a way for me to come through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son, Jesus. So I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he's the savior of the world. So I make today the day that I boldly confess Jesus Christ as my savior and my Lord. I surrender everything to follow you. I'll say, please wash me clean. Please forgive me of the past and give me a whole new life. I'll say, I'll follow you all the days of my life. Please fill me with your grace and I'll never be the same. I'll say, I boldly declare I'm a child of God. And one day I'll be with you in heaven. In Jesus' name, who says amen? Amen. Amen. Can we congratulate? Come on, can we praise the Lord this morning and congratulate everybody? We'll pray that prayer. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. Congratulations to everybody who prayed that prayer because a miracle just happened in your life. We're so proud of you and excited. We honor your decision this morning. You know what we want to do is I want to stand with you and walk that journey with you. So if you're in this room and you prayed that prayer, um, right after the service, once you get out of the doors, you're going to see some of our team wearing a faith support tag and waving something like this around. They're just trying to get your attention. All you need to do is to tell them, I prayed that prayer. They'll love to put it in your hands. And um, as a gift from our church to you, it's just a little thing to get you started on your journey. They'll love to record your decision and know how we can be praying for you. Now, if you're online anywhere, there's how you can let us know that you prayed that prayer. But one more time, let's say congratulations to everybody who prayed that prayer because a miracle happened in your life. Amen. Now, also at a time like this, I recognize that there might be people in peculiar situations. You might feel like I, I want somebody to pray with me. I'm trying to make a decision or I'm trying to figure out things in this space or I'm hurting. I just need God to intervene in some way or the other. Whatever season or space you are, as a church, we would love to serve you in every way that we can, all right? So if you think you need counseling, need someone to pray with you, you're welcome to walk up to any of our faith support volunteers around the premises after the service and we'll be glad to serve you and pray with you um, in whatever way you need us to. Alternatively, if you need counseling, um, specifically, you can send an email to counseling at sycamore.church and we'll get right in touch with you and be glad to serve you. Amen? Amen. Are you blessed this morning? Thank you so much for joining us here at Sycamore Church. If you pray that prayer at the end, we are so excited about your decision for Jesus and we would love to help you get established in your relationship with him. So please, let us know about your decision at www.sycamore.church forward slash Jesus. There, you'll also find all kinds of resources to help you build your relationship with Jesus. If you enjoyed this message, we would love for you to subscribe wherever you are listening or visit www.sycamore.church forward slash resources. Again, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.